The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. All right, that, no point. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. It's that time. We're back on the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. I'm your host, Jay. We're here at the Brewing Network Studios in downtown Concord. Bevo's here. Hey, Bevo. No. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I do love that joke, but uh, no, unfortunately, Bevo's under the weather. So, But there's so little difference between her being here and her not being here. She's been active lately. I feel like. Uh, that's true. But yeah. active for her. Shout out to Bevo. Feel better soon. And that other voice you hear that is not me is Scott. Word hey, up. Scott. Hey. How you doing? Doing good, man. Yeah. Doing, uh, coming off of uh, another Christmas celebration. Happy Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I've been celebrating Christmas the last couple of years because I have a shiksa girlfriend these days. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it is something. I've been watching a lot of the Netflix show The Crown. You know that? I don't. So You've never heard of it? No, I haven't, actually. And I, there's just so many new Netflix original series. Every time I log in, there's 12 new things for me to look at. Well, that's true. This this one is, like, one of their leaders. Okay. And it, like, wins a bunch of awards. It's it's about Queen Elizabeth. Is it a Game of Thrones type of thing? No, no, no. Like a period Queen Elizabeth, piece? real person, still alive. Queen of England. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I, okay, there's more than one Queen Elizabeth, though, isn't there? Yeah, she's Queen Elizabeth, too. But the okay, other one was real as well. Only the second? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, anyway, the English say, Happy Christmas. So to all of our international listeners who, you know, are in the Commonwealth, happy Christmas to you. Huh. And welcome to the show. Sounds weird. What sounds weird? Happy Happy Christmas? Yeah, did they say Merry New Year? It's weird that you say it sounds weird, because right when you said that, I got a weird noise in my headphones. Uh Oh. Oh, is it okay now? No. Oh, no, equipment is failing. It's not the Brain Network Studios I know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's roll with it. Uh, Yeah, so here we are. We've got Scott. We're down, Bevo, but it's okay because we have some in-studio guests tonight. Yes, we do. Which is always a nice treat. Uh, They haven't arrived yet, but their arrival is imminent, and it is uh, Dwayne Cronkey and uh, his wife, Shelby, who, incidentally... Earmuffs Jay uh, happens to work here at the Hop Grenade. She is uh, our, one of our fine bartendresses. Um, she also does a little back-end help with me doing the books and stuff. She's been here for a while, and she and uh, her husband have a, just a killer program at home, making kombucha. Kombucha. Yeah. So definitely a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a left turn, but a, a veer left for us. You know, we are the sour hour, and I find a lot of uh, pleasure in doing alternative fermentations, so not... Not crazy stuff, but just like things alternatively to sour beer. I find that sour beer is extremely difficult, and pretty yeah. much anything else I ferment is easy. maybe I'm not doing it well, but <laughs> I just think it's easier. <laughs> so I know you've done, I know we've talked hot sauce, we've talked yeah. sourdough bread. Yes, that's and true. And kombucha. Am I've I made kombucha at home as well. Okay, am I missing um, something? Uh, maybe I might have done some. Some kind of like vegetables or at, some, at some point. I, I really love kimchi. I've not done that yet. But anyway, I'd love to... Man, that 
buzzing? Yeah, sorry. Pick up another headset if it's bugging you. Should I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't want you to have to do a whole thing with it. And you're, you know, it's, I know it's, uh, it's not sour beer, and hopefully it will not be quite as uh, difficult if you guys want a little side project. But you know where it's really helpful? And I bet you do this too, Jay. Using it as a barometer for people who aren't familiar with sour beer to test if their palate might like it. I yeah. always go with, do you like kombucha? Because oftentimes people will say yes, or they like yogurt, or C- they like other things. Cider. Cider. One, yep. For sure. Just with like a more acidic profiles, and they think they don't like sour beer, but then you ask them if they drink kombucha, and, and they usually will say yes, they enjoy it. And it's a good little segue to let people know that they might, they just haven't had the right sour beer yet. Yeah, and I don't know how it is, you know, across the country, but I mean, we live in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, and for better or worse, you know, we're we're hippies, we're hipsters, we're those people, and uh, the kombucha consumption is very high, I would say, yeah, around totally. here. And it kind of gets to the point where, you know, I think there's a lot of delicious commercial examples, but... Maybe, I don't know if it's the same as how people get into craft beer, but uh, people get tired of basically paying that much for kombucha. Like, oh, I drink kombucha every day, but it's, you know, three bucks, four bucks every time I buy it. And, yeah, so you want to make your own at home. And I've got a lot of questions myself. I certainly did not master it. In fact, I've got some... All, all my employees make fun of me because I have some at the <laughs> the rare barrel that I it's just sitting there because I just let it go. So I'm going to ask about if, if I can save mine or if I just need to dump it and start over again. I've got my own questions, but yeah, um, we'll be talking kombucha today. This is your mo where you just like uh, you just kind of leave things to sit. Yeah, it's it's like <laughs> I have a day job it. or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I should be taking better care of it. And so when I restart it now, I'll use the tips from today. So hopefully you guys are interested in that and. What I was kind of building towards there was I think what you learn from other types of fermentation, while maybe it's not apples to apples with sour beer, I think you can definitely get ideas from the way other things are made and think, oh, well, why can't we do take you know a part of this and adapt it for sour beer? So hopefully you like kombucha. Hopefully you want to learn how to make it. And hopefully you, even if those two things aren't true, you can adapt some of these methods for your sour beer making as well. Indeed. Yeah, it just seemed like a good I caught a glimpse of uh, Dwayne and Shelby's setup at home and it just seems like a good it's like a good fermentation management practice mm-hmm. basically, you yeah. know the, yeah. it's just organized fermentation especially if you're doing multiple flavors and that can't hurt. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so if you want to join in in the kombucha talk, uh, contact us, call us on the telephone, 888-401-BEER even though our since uh, Bevo is unfortunately not with us tonight, we do not have the video. Do we, we have chat though? Uh, no, 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 no. Don't <laughs> chat with us. Yeah. So either call us or just email us later. You know, don't watch us. It, but if you could, it'd be the brewingnetwork.com slash TV. As usual. It'd be very exciting. Yes. But you could be listening live right now on the Brewing Network app. Just search BM Mobile in the search bar of things. And, uh, Really, what, you, what we want you to do is subscribe to the podcast. If at this point you're not doing that, just start, please. Yeah, because why not? you're on, we're on episode, what, 70, 70 something? something. And if you're just going a la carte, I mean, let's face it, you have a problem. <laughs> you like making sour beer. You want to hear what we have to say. So <laughs> totally. just go ahead and click subscribe. It helps us out a lot. Leave feedback for us on iTunes or wherever you download and leave feedback for your favorite podcasts. And since I've said leave feedback, that means it's time for review of the week. Indeed. Review of the 
Fortnite. weekly Fortnite. Yeah. I think it was a review of the Fortnite. I, I, I think I said I was going to change that, and I didn't. This is from Sober Jeff. Is a five-star review, and uh, Jeff says, uh, Thanks to the in-depth information provided in every episode of this podcast, except for the TRB staff shit show episodes, <laughs> I feel super <laughs> confident going into my first patch of sour beer. However, if it doesn't come out well, I won't feel bad, because I've heard some breweries dump 25% of the sour beer they make. In all seriousness, <laughs> the Sour Hour is a fantastic resource on all things related to sour beer, and I look forward to each new show. Keep up the great work, Jay and Scott. P.S. Holy Diver by Dio <laughs> would make an epic rejoiner. That, that's absolutely right. That's, that rocks maybe even too hard for us to rejoin. But let's get a little taste. Got a long buildup. Ronnie James Dio. Really just Dio. He had a solo thing, too. Is this just like white noise ambience? Oh, and all right, turn it up. I, mean, I dare you to turn it up. Jay knows it, so it sounds like this is going to make the cut. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll just get the first, li- first couple, couple of lines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Silver Jeff, I wish you could see how hard uh, Jay is rocking out over here. I think it might have been the next line. is just like, ride the tiger. <laughs> awesome. All right, I like it. Yeah, that's nice. Good. Thanks for the review, sober Jeff, and thanks for the uh, rejoin suggestion. That is awesome. But hey, have a beer. But thank you. <laughs> yeah, have a beer, dude. <laughs> Come on, loosen up. Or don't if you know that's the problem. You know, if you're anywhere near sober Jeff, if you're anywhere near, uh, if you're anywhere Ohio, near sober, <laughs> comma Jeff. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, do you have to do that three? Punctuation. Two, one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're anywhere near Ohio, have a beer from Little Fish. Our friend Sean sent us uh, some uh, awesome sour beers. Okay, I want to read the label here because it's kind of epic. It, so first off, this, it looks like a, like a kid wrote this, right? It's kind of like kid font. In a good way. In yeah. a good way, yeah. Um, Hand, this, handwritten. Yep, it, it appears handwritten, but this is a commercial label. This here is a funky farmhouse ale, barrel aged with stanky. S-T-A-N-K-Y, stanky tropical fruits and dry hops. Three variations exist of this beer, I guess it means. Inhale them all. Blech. Uh, that's complete with a um, a poop emoji at brew turds with a Z. Uh, we got a fish here with X's for eyes. Here's a quote. Won't you come and smell me? Won't you come and share my stench from DM, whatever. This is all on the label here. Again, little fish. And, oh, this is a collaboration with a Seventh Son. Nice. And it's called My Many Smells Volume 2, Pineapple, Lime, and then Equinox and Simcoe. This is a great beer at I, 7%. I love this. It's, it, it jumps out of the glass yeah. in the aroma and flavor. It's, it's, a fun, it's a fun label, and I'd say the beer matches the label in like the right. best way possible. Absolutely. It's like kaboom. And it's great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Super stanky. Thanks, Sean, for sending in these awesome beers. Excellent. And uh, go check out Little Fish. If you're anywhere near Ohio, you'll be glad you did. And while you're checking things out, check out the other BN shows on, by BN, I mean Brewing Network, Brew Strong, Dr. Homebrew, Brewing with Style, and The Session. Excellent stuff. Last show on the Sour Hour, we had Ben Edmonds of Breakside Brewery. That was 
a great show. Yes, it we was. Another, another one we went late on, but uh, a lot of good beers and awesome stuff. A lot of good info. I and remember being pretty lit up on that show. I think I got pretty drunk. Ben, Ben's a great guy, and he makes great beer, so it's all his fault. Um, <laughs> usually here's where I put in updates from the last show, but I don't, I, I don't have any. So, you know, we did Christmas. That's it. How's your Christmas, Scott? It was good. Uh, I like I said, I've been kind of really only celebrating it for the first couple of years in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last couple of years, it was just another day of the year for me. I never really paid much attention to it. You know, we, we celebrated Hanukkah. What was like the the Christmas Day thing to do? Was it the, like movie Chinese food? Combo? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there was a lot I was of that envious. stereotypical I was stuff. Envious of that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Well, and it's really just the grass is greener, right? Because I was always envious of people who celebrated Christmas. I, I like Christmas. It's a that's good. It's, you know, it's you're good. not a fan. Maybe it's like that it. you get jaded. Girl, you, you're like uh, it's obligations oriented. Like, oh, I have to get gifts and stuff, and it was just kind of a, a, a chore. Is that it? No, no, no. It, it it's just. I mean, having just a complete day off where you're not obligated to do something, but it's like a national holiday, right. but you don't do anything for it, that that uh, that appeals to me. Maybe you're right with the grass is greener thing, but that sounds pretty good. It was. Uh, yeah, well, I've been really enjoying celebrating. And that, that's always been, that's been my, like, you know, my poor Jewish mother is like, uh, you know, she's, she's having to adjust to the fact that I'm actually doing Christmas now. But that's been my, my answer for her is it's a national holiday and yeah. I'm an American. And there's kind of no response to that. So she just kind of has to, <laughs> just kind of see it. But I, I, I make sure. She's sad you say you're an American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <totally laughs> Israelite. I make sure, though, to send her pictures of, uh, you know, lighting the menorah and frying lots. And mm-hmm. stuff because we, you know, we celebrate Hanukkah yeah, too. Latkes are delicious. Oh, well, yeah, it's, I love how they, like as if the Jews decided that frying potatoes in oil was really great. <laughs> like, hey, newsflash! <laughs> but so she can't be too upset because she 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 sees that I'm you know I'm celebrating yeah. buff. You're keeping it real, yeah, exactly. Cool. If, you, if you, we talked about uh, videos, and we're probably going to watch one during the break of I guess a car going 290 miles an hour. Yeah, land speed record. This or, is real. Yeah, for for a um, for a production car. Okay. A uh, Koenigsegg is the the car manufacturer. They, it's like a it's a. <laughs> <laughs> they make a, so you know there's a whole other category uh, that you know there's everyone knows supercars. You know your Ferraris and your Lamborghinis. I didn't know there's that name for it. Oh, you never heard that super before? Supercar? Yeah, supercar. That's like the category of a you know Lamborghini. It's like supermodel, but for cars? Exactly. Well, there's a whole other category. I'm not sure. I don't think there's a model version. Hypercar. There's oh. no hypermodels as far as not I'm hypercard, aware. Not hypercard, the old... Uh, that's a nerdy joke if anyone gets it out there. Hypercard? That's Is like that the old... Um, thing? No, like a, what's programming software in its own... I, I believe its own language. Uh, I like, used to write games on it. Back in the AOL days, so like a memory card. Type of thing? If, can, if anyone can find the HyperCard game, Simpsons RPG. Oh, it's a game. I, I made that. No, no, no. It's a, it's an app. It's like an application where you would write code. HyperCard is an application software and a programming tool for Apple's. Uh, is among the first successful hypermedia systems before the Ultranet. Ultranet. I don't even know. See, I got out of the game right then. It's the right time to get out of coding. But anyway, continue, Scott. Uh, well, I was just, I'm going to, I have to show you this video the during hyper, the break. Yeah, the, yeah, the guy, you know, Bugatti. Mm-hmm. Bugatti would be in the hypercar category. And they're basically like these hand-built machines. You know, they make 100 of them, 200 of them. And uh, 
the guy went uh, 290 miles an hour on some highway outside of like Pahrump, Nevada. One and one south. <laughs> yeah, just in between Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo. Uh, no, but it's it's just super long and straight. But it's just a regular road, and so you're seeing him accelerate, you know, past uh, 110, 120, and the street signs are just flying by, wow. and you've never seen anything like it. I mean, 150 miles an hour is incredibly fast, and mm-hmm. when he gets to that point, and those signs are just flying by, you're like, how he's going to double his speed? It's like seems inconceivable, but sure enough, and the rate of acceleration is unbelievable and those signs are just a blur that's awesome so the reason i brought that up is because speaking of christmas i think the essential christmas video to look up is the kid that opens the present and it's nintendo 64 wait in 2017 we don't even need to wait for the break because it's pretty much an all audio it's not a 2017 it's just like oh it's an old video yeah I guess you need to see his eyes, but... Yeah, they're as big as dinner plates. And his sister's right there like, yeah! <laughs> slow motion. Slow motion. All of him and his sister are wearing the same thing. I think they're excited. Now they're like, they're pawing at it. Yeah. So it's like 100 pence in 2012. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, Google, what, what is it called? Uh, it's Nintendo 64 <laughs> with 21,780,000 views. There you go. Good job, wow. kid. Wow. Good times. I guess you see, I always wonder how these things go viral. Like, why is this video at 21 million views? Or, like, you know, David after dentist, you know, the famous one of the little kid in the backseat of the car after the dentist appointment. He's like, you all know, drugged it's all up. drugged. Yeah, right. Like, okay, yeah, it's funny. But why? What, what, how, is there a through line with these videos that become these viral sensations? I mean, okay, here's what I'm saying. If if your neighbor shot that on their video and it was mm-hmm. their kid, I just feel like you would just have like 111 views. You know, it's just some stupid kid. Like, wh- why? Why hundreds of millions of views? I think we need to get someone who understands viruses on the show, <laughs> and then we we know. That's you why used it's to viral. be a coder. You don't understand? No, oh. no, I gave that up before the alternate. For, yeah. It was the right time to stop to get out of the coding game. <laughs> okay. Apparently. Uh, 1991. Let's, uh, <laughs> Back when the internet was just for the military. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to do a quick question before break? Mm. Questions yeah, are brought to you and us by SourBeerBlog.com, the longest running sponsor of the Sour Hour. And now they're, if you haven't noticed, they're opening a brewery, Sour and Farmhouse Focus in central Pennsylvania. Help them get started. Join their Founders Club, which includes eight, bo- eight exclusive bottles of club-only aged beer and blended sour beer. Early access to... I'm just thinking about this off the top of my head. This is how I talk to myself. (laughs) It's it's scattered thoughts. Early access to all of their public bottle releases, the hooded zip sweatshirt, pair of tasting glasses, club growler, and the infamous slash famous metal challenge coin. Not to mention discounts and much more. To learn more and join the Founders Club, check out Mellow Mink Brewing at mellowmink.com. Yes, indeed. Uh, this question is from Christoph. I read a question from Christoph on uh, the last show or one of the shows before, uh, but his email had a bunch of questions. So here's another one from it. It says, uh, recently I had a Brett Lager, Christoph did, from the Wild Beer Company in uh, Somerset in the U.K., 
He said, how would you approach such a beer, Jay? Maybe mm-hmm. lager yeast fermentation and lagering and then add Brett or altogether from the start? Or what would be your approach? It's a really good question. So, yeah, I think one, one of the interesting things about lagers are, in a lot of cases, as opposed to maybe like a Saison or some of the ale yeast, they leave quite a bit of residual sugar. And so I think going through the full lagering process and then adding the Britannomyces would leave plenty of food. But I guess since it's such a clean fermentation, there's not a lot of esters and phenols. So you'd pro- I would imagine you'd get a pretty light Britannomyces character as you aged it with bread. So maybe I'd go a little bit higher on the uh, hopping rate, either in the bitterness or the whirlpool, and then perhaps even save the bread after the lagering uh, in a bottle conditioning kind of application more than like a barrel aging application. That would, that would be what I would try, but that's not based on any experience or anything like that. The hops would curb the bread? No, I think, uh, you know, recently what we found is just our, our hopping rates have gone up and more of the aromatic hops that we've added to our beers have really contributed to a lot of bread aromatics. And maybe it's, you know, Mm. how much of it is the Brett, how much of it is the hops. It's hard to say, but Mm. the overall aromatics of our beers, I think, are really nice right now. So that's what I would recommend. And that's that's when you do the hops on the hot side, not dry hop? I'd say both. I mean, you could do the bitterness hops, as I was saying, or any aromatic hop addition, so like Whirlpool, or if you wanted to do a dry hop lager, I think that would be fine, too. Gotcha. That's, That's an interesting project, though. I think that'll be, you know, a way to make... Lagers a little sexier, I guess. They're great beers, but sure. Um, and a lot of great breweries do amazing lagers. Um, but I just wish they were more, more, even more popular than they are because I like to drink them. I do too, man. I I've, every time I have a good pilsner, I, I always just remember how much I love pilsners, and I wonder if maybe uh, Christoph, you want to try something like that using that saws as that as that amplifier for the bread aromatics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just a, a purely uh, not that I'll ever get to drink it probably, but it's just a <laughs> selfish uh, uh, suggestion by me because I, I don't that's know. We, what I love. We've got some beers here that we brought in today from uh, Australia, so oh, yeah, you know I don't see why not send some in. Or next time someone's come to the rare barrel, get dropped off. Indeed. Yes. Or to the Brewing Network Studios in headquarters in Concord. There's another uh, question from Christoph's email, but okay. we'll save it for, it's okay. We'll save it for save. the next round of questions. All right. Sounds good. Let's get to a break. We'll be right back on the Sour Hour. Hi, this is Ryan Whedon, the host of a new podcast called Branding Brews. Branding Brews is a show focused on marketing, branding, and design for the beer industry. I have spent over 14 years as a professional designer. As a host, I bring my knowledge to the show to interview other great beer professionals. Whether you're thinking about starting a brewery, already own a brewery, want to learn more about marketing beer, or you're a seasoned veteran, this show is for you. This show will cover topics such as rebranding a brewery, package and label design, crowdfunding, design, social media, plus much more related to promoting and creating a great beer brand. Make sure to check out the show along with useful show notes at brandingbrews.com. You can also subscribe to the Branding Brews podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Again, check us out at brandingbrews.com. This is Mike Tonsmeyer, the Mad Fermentationist. You're listening to The Sour Hour on The Brewing Network. All right, we're back. 
It's the Sour Hour. Glad you guys could join us. I want to thank one of our friends, or I guess there's many people there, but in total they are one entity. Neshamini Creek Brewing. Friend. You guys know. Friend. You guys know about them. GABF Dominator, especially in Smoke Lager. Oh, That's yeah. That's what they do. <laughs> They're going to they, get gold in Smoke Lager? Or no, bronze. In, you called bronze. bronze. You called the metal, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> Jay, Even though Jay, I had you one of our that. one of our brewery sponsors, uh, Jay had been calling it uh, up until uh, GB. I'm talking to uh, Dwayne and Shelby who are in studio now. He was calling. They're going to win another lager and smoke medals. Sure enough, uh, boom, metal and smoke loggers. But yeah, to the metal. Is yeah. that what I said? You said another lager and smoked medals. Did I really? I believe so. Wow, am I drunk already <laughs> on these listener beers? Jesus. But thank you. Yes, uh, I talk re- good. <laughs> renovated taste room with a variety of beer styles from hoppy double IPAs to sessionable and poundable lagers to hook fermented saisons and sour beers. Free brewery tours on Saturdays. They have a new second location opening this past spring, or and then <laughs> in a few months I'll say one year ago yeah, today. Right. <laughs> Check them out. Neshamney Creek Brewing. Dot com and that's N E S H A M I N Y. Indeed. All right. Before we dive headfirst into the most kombucha I've ever seen in one place, <laughs> can we, should we thank one more of our uh, our listeners for the beer they sent? Oh out? yeah, totally. Uh, we are drinking Mayor's Cellar Artisan Ales. Now this is the King of Kings, Jay. Why do you think I chose this beer? Because he's got like the King of the. Ming Dynasty, or I don't know what that is on the thing, but it looked like a, a playing card. Yeah, that's so what I grabbed I, that's that what out of my fridge. <laughs> I was uh, like, are you a fan of the Ming Dynasty or something? Like, <laughs> yeah, I love. Uh, <laughs> what are you building towards? 12th century Chinese royalty. This is from. Uh, Props if you got that century right. <laughs> I just, I hope I did. I'm going to hey. look it up in post and yeah. I'll cut myself in being served myself. <laughs> if Obviously, I got it the right. 7th century. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Wes Bartlett. Uh, Wes sent a bunch of his uh, homebrews in. This is, uh, I mean, man, you can barely call it homebrew. Cherry American Wild, a- mm-hmm. aged on oak. Uh, this is professional quality beer. It's excellent. Very tasty. I was saying in the break, you know, I could drink, you know, like a pint of this. Easy. Very easy going and great beer. Absolutely. Thanks for sending us all the beers, Wes. They taste great. Awesome. So uh, we've got a lot of, if you are not, and there's no video, and if you're not in the room right now, you can imagine, you can paint, paint a picture that we have a lot of glasses flying around and we're about to have a lot more. Indeed. That's because we have Dwayne and Shelby in the studio who are going to hear are talking to us about uh, brewing kombucha, which I, ta- I was talking with Scott. He is unfamiliar with kombucha brewing, except what Dwayne talked to him about for a few minutes a little while ago. And I've actually brewed, I don't know now, four or five or six batches, something like that. So I'm excited to learn like more kind of propelling into the intermediate and maybe even advanced level. But I think we'll go over some basic stuff as well. But first, before we even dive into that, who are you guys? How did you get started in this? So I got started because coffee is always very ecstatic and hurts the tummy. So I started brewing kombu- or buying kombucha in the store. It's quite pricey. Well, yeah, you and I would go through, I don't know, three to four to five to six bottles a day just between the two of us. Oh, so man. We're spending <laughs> 20 to 30 bucks a day on kombucha. So Oof. yeah, we decided to move on and up and maybe take a cheaper route and make it ourselves. That is an expensive habit. It was, yeah. 30 bucks a day. Yeah. Eat your heart out, Starbucks. I know, right? That's a good reason to think, boy, I should do something about this, but then what did you do about it? So I started making small batches, maybe a gallon at a time, and then a gallon turned into five and ten pretty quickly. (laughs) 
just because we were drinking it so quickly. And then I just I like hobbies like that where I can put my hands are on it and I'm learning stuff, you know, about it constantly. And then we started kegging it probably at the beginning of the summer, early summer. So maybe five, four or five months into. But. So wait, is this just this is a year old hobby? It's only yeah, been about a year. Wow. No, uh, this longer is, than that. Yeah, it's been two years. Two about two years. Okay, two okay. and a half. Yeah. Awesome. So, so kegging uh, last summer, summer sixteen, is no, that right? No, we just started kegging this probably this June, May or June. Okay, okay. so, so when a year and a half of bottling. Oh, and then I see. Okay, six months of kegging or so. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, it's funny the uh, the whole we're doing this to save money thing long ago stopped being a thing for home brewing. I mean, as far as I've yeah. ever done the session, and even before I ever joined, I know it was like, look, don't do this to save money. Go buy a six pack at the store. It's never between the equipment and the time. It's never going to save you money. Yeah. But this actually, I, is an I think, yeah, I think we'll get into some of the reasons why that makes maybe some more sense for kombucha. I mean, I'm just speculating about that. But maybe taking a, a step back, I think a lot of our listeners. Are listen to our show because there's you know very few resources for kind of advanced sour beer fermentation talk and definitely they're smart and knowledgeable but I also want I don't want to let's just like cruise past kind of some of the basics about kombucha so I think really a good place to start is what is kombucha really for people who maybe don't drink it or haven't looked into it what what is it well, in simple terms, it is a fermented tea. It lives off of what is called a SCOBY, which is a symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast, which is what ferments the tea. Basically acts as the yeast, eats the sugar. Yeah. Ferments, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's, and I mean, also it's, fortifies the, the tea with local bacteria and right. healthy bacteria and yeast. Gotcha. And I think a lot of people get into it because of... If they're listening to this, you know, they and they have done it already, they're interested in fermented beverages and a lot of that stuff. But I guess a lot of people, I think, start to drink it because of, like, health benefits mm-hmm. and stuff like that. What are your guys' thoughts on, does it have health benefits? Does it not have health benefits? Well, like Dwayne said at the beginning, we started making it because we were avid coffee drinkers, but it hurt our stomachs. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also were drinking a lot of milk at the time so we were having kind of tummy troubles or easy terms but once we've started drinking kombucha and we cut out coffee we've noticed that we don't really have tummy troubles anymore and one of the biggest things with kombucha is it's very probiotic rich so that being said it's good for your gut you know Mm -hmm. that the bacteria and yeast are kind of like similar to eating a yogurt that have all those active cultures in it that's really good for your gut that's probably the the biggest health benefit it's low in sugar i mean it's tea so you get your caffeine it's just like a feel-good drink it's interesting i would think that they would not translate into a better feeling tummy because it's still acidic Mm -hmm. right there's still caffeine i mean but obviously it did i mean if it helped it helped yeah you know the the oils and uh, this is just from my observation, not research, but the oils that are in the bean, coffee beans, I think is, it sticks with you, and that's and then that might have something to do with what upsets your stomach as well. Hmm. It always upset my stomach, and maybe yeah. maybe the caffeine level too, where I can I can modulate you know how much caffeine I want to go in this. Although it could be very caffeinated, and it still doesn't upset my stomach. Hmm. And I mean, coffee also not to be too graphic is a natural diuretic, mm-hmm. so. It 
moves things along, but not everybody can handle it quite as well as others. So kombucha is a little bit easier on the tummy when you're sensitive. So, Jay, what do you think about just starting at the beginning? Dwayne, walk us through a batch. Yeah, let's. I, I just, just. Uh, so, I kind of tried to separate my questions, maybe, and I don't know if this makes sense, but into a few different parts of the process that I can separate. I mean, it's pretty cool. simple to separate this from the brewing perspective, from beer making perspective too. But I kind of think of the the brewing day with the tea, and then the fermentation process, and then from beyond that, packaging and serving the kombucha. So maybe yeah. we'll just start at at brewing. So very similar. I, I mean, I've, I've worked at a brewery before, and, yeah, you're, you do a batch of tea, just like you're brewing a, a batch of tea, uh, depending on how big you want it, of course. You're putting more tea in more water. Take the tea out, and then I put my sugar in so that the tea doesn't absorb any of the sugar. Basically, I make a concentrate and then add the water to help cool it down. And then once it's reached a certain temperature, I put the scoby in along with a certain amount of old kombucha. Not old, just previous batches. Previous batch mm-hmm. of kombucha, so that it does have the scoby in it, or the floaters or whatever. The scoby and that's a, like starter culture, right? basically, yes. right? Yep. Okay. Then it's open fermentation, which is one of the few differences, I feel like, in, uh, compared to beer. So a big towel over the top, rubber band, and let it sit for about two weeks. Mm-hmm. Before we go t- uh, yeah. down the next path, ha- how, do you have um, a measurement system for how many, I guess, dregs, for lack of a better term, that you're, the old uh, batches that you're pitching in? Uh, you said a certain <laughs> amount. How, how do you measure? It depends on how light or how dark I want it. But about, so for every five gallons, I'm doing 32 ounces. 32 ounces so per like five gallons? About, give or take. Okay. Give or take, yeah. Of the starter culture. Of the starter culture, okay. yeah. So I'll take uh, bottles that I've previously, or take it out of the kegs um, and dump it right in. But now that, the actually, I don't put that in until the temperature's low enough, because if it's if it's high enough, then it'll, it'll kill the culture sure. in, in that. It needs to be room temperature yeah. less for okay. the SCOBY to not be affected by it. And I think our listeners are familiar with with that, but I think maybe the one thing that has always intrigued me is so that's that's the starter culture, right? And then the scoby is like maybe one of these like foreign things. Yeah. Do I, it even kind of looks like a UFO, and yeah. you know maybe yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and so you know, just having seen it kind of firsthand, I know it like sort of is you know kind of like frisbee shaped, and it kind of grows mm-hmm. new layers on top of itself and she so said uh 32 ounces in i believe you said like a five gallon batch mm-hmm. what about the the scoby do you have to like do anything with that to, or do you just add the same one every time you know the scoby is so temperamental it really is and I, and and i've i'm growing to learn that that's not the most important part of the process you can I feel like you can just add that starter uh, kombucha, and you you don't even need the scoby. The scoby mm. accelerates it and makes the process faster. I think that, mm. but you don't necessarily need that. I, I have been using the scoby up until this last month. I think temperature is a big factor. So mm-hmm. now that it's been colder, and I, I've been doing it in the garage, I think temperature and ventilation is a way bigger deal than more than anything. So, That's super interesting. Yeah. And I, I, I want to dive deeper in that. Maybe we'll just, one thing I want to finish the process up is like, she so said, okay, the two weeks are over. 
you can just kind of taste it out of there. Mm-hmm. Tastes good. How do you end up getting it to glass or serving or how do you guys usually drink it? You said you said kegs and bottles and stuff like that, but how do you get from this fermentation is done to now I can drink this? Well, a lot of the times too, I mean, we'll check it almost every other day and um, we will taste it right off the speed dial. And of course, it will continue to ferment in the bottle and in the keg. What we'll do is, you know, we'll taste it every few days and then we kind of just wait and see the little bubbles forming on the top. And once it gets bubbly, that's when we kind of know that it's at the point that we can put it in the bottles and the kegs. So we'll just bottle it straight from the Speedel and we'll use our little filtration system and we use like a wire. I don't even know what it is. Strainer? Yeah. Mm. And we'll, you know, we'll strain some of the stuff off the tea and just put it into buckets and put it in kegs and and we let it sit. Usually, so the bottles will sit longer than the kegs. The kegs usually will just sit for a couple days and then they can go right in the cooler because we'll put it on CO2. Mm -hmm. The bottles will continue to ferment as you let them sit, so... And they're sitting at room temperature. So as soon as you put it in, in a cooler, it, it slows the fermentation, just just like beer probably, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Also, we're, you know, we're talking about all this fermentation. You know, we're talking about 0. 0.3, 0. 0.4, uh, nothing above 0. 0.5 ever. I've never seen anything above 0. 0.4 alcohol. It's splitting hairs. You know, it's really... So I'm, I'm putting that in there and looking at it, and I've never seen it above Point four. You mean by the time you're visually looking at those bubbles and you've tasted it along yeah. the way, and by the time you've decided just based on those observations this is done, it almost always is at like point four, point five. Correct. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah never. I've never seen it above point four. Gotcha. Let me ask this quickly about the SCOBY uh, from a listener email from today. Jason uh, wrote in Kombucha Questions. He said, first off, I'm super stoked that you're doing this show because it's hard to sort through the online sources to figure out uh, what are science-based facts and what are rumors. So uh, thanks, BN and Sour Hour. He said, I've been nominated by the staff of the Growler Homebrew Shop where I work to produce the kombucha we will soon be selling on tap. And I'm researching the best way to produce the 15-plus gallons we will need on a weekly basis. So... Uh, as it pertains to the SCOBY, Jason says, I've read that a SCOBY used for several continuous brewed batches can evolve to eventually produce too much acetic acid, quickly turning batches into vinegar. Is this true? There's another part, but let's start there. Uh, I've actually never let a SCO- I've never used a SCOBY more than five think- times, four times. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. And mm-hmm. then we'll split it off and put it into new batches. Well, and, and that or just get rid of it altogether and, and grow a new one. You know, people have their crazy ways of, of, you know, how this needs to be grown. And the easiest way to grow a SCOBY is um, if you're not already brewing kombucha at home, you could buy a couple of original flavored, so no no flavor, uh, kombuchas from the store and put it in a container, put a towel over it. And that, that's the easiest way. And, and from there, you can use the juice and everything. It, you know, this brings on so many things that I going through the process you know <laughs> I've, I've tried straining off all the the bits and, and not using the dregs I've tried using the dregs I actually like using the dregs I feel like it gives it more body and uh, a lot more character and it also kind of gives it that hazy look and mouthfeel if you will I agree that kind of brings <clears throat> up so many other yeah. questions and totally. advanced topics to get into maybe we'll press pause on that for right now and what I'd like to do is Learn a little bit more about the kombucha that we actually have open when we've had open this whole oh, yeah. segment. Yeah. And then maybe we'll go to a quick break and then keep cool. going with it. Yeah. What's in our glass right yeah. now? We are drinking chamomile and lemongrass blend. 
Um, so we used chamomile flowers and lemongrass because we actually had a few people. So this is new to us, actually, because we've mm. had quite a few people say that they're sensitive to caffeine. So we wanted to get away from the caffeine to make a couple batches that are decaffeinated. So this is a decaffeinated blend, and mm. it's just chamomile flowers and lemongrass that went into the water bath, and we made it into kombucha. So, so no actual like tea leaves then? Just, nope. just chamomile and lemongrass? Yep. Mm. Wow, that's really cool. I, I like this one a lot. It's really yeah, tasty. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's got a little light carbonation to it, and it's super floral, and it's got that Thai sort mm-hmm. of thing from the lemongrass. Yeah. So it, this doesn't have alcohol in it, right? It's like 0.2% I mean, or something? Barely, There's a little tiny more. bit. So how does that work? I don't understand. Is, is the yeast, that, a SCOBY is a type of yeast that doesn't produce alcohol? How can it eat a bunch of sugar and not have alcohol? But, it's just about how much sugar you put in it. So yeah. imagine there's a, a you know beer wart, and that's uh, 1048 specific gravity or something like that. And then this is going to be more like 1.2. Zero zero five. Uh, it just doesn't have much to eat at all. Yeah, gotcha. And it's and it's all sugar that you add, that and right? you just know right. exactly how much mm-hmm. you add. And I see. So, so yeah. if you added more sugar with the the initial sort of tea steeping, it would be alcoholic beverage. You, I don't believe Maybe. the scoby can handle the okay. that much alcohol. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I, Maybe you could get it there. You know? <laughs> and I think, I mean, this is one of my theories that the open air has something to do with it as well. Um, it's not, you know, it's not closed off. So it's, it's, you know, it's growing and it's live and there's environmental things happening around it as well. So that might be something. But yes, we have a, you know, a calculated measurement of how much sugar to put in each size batch that has worked for us. And every time we take that gravity measure, it's yeah. in the same area, no matter what kind of tea yeah. we're using i've so. added more sugar I've, I've backed off way back off the sugar and i can't seem to get it to move that much either direction hmm. this doesn't move the needle no matter yeah. what you do mm-hmm. hmm. yeah it's really interesting and it, yeah. you know makes it easy to drink a lot of a very delicious beverage Indeed. which I can want, be tough I with, another you know, glass here of something yeah so we'll yeah let's pop some more bottles before we get to a quick break i want to thank another one of our sponsors the wine and hop shop and if you're listening and we'll get into this in a little bit about you know what vessels or what equipment you might need for kombucha brewing mm. i mean check it out wineandhop.com it's where to get your sour beer wild yeast and bacteria from omega yeast and giga yeast most of the times they're going to ship within 24 hours and best of all bn listeners in the continental u.s Get a flat $8 shipping rate on orders under 25 pounds. Just enter BN Shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart, and the discount will be taken off after checkout. The Wine and Hop Shop at wineandhop.com. Indeed, and they do have lots of kombucha stuff, uh, scobies and equipment and all sorts of good stuff. So go to wineandhop.com and search kombucha and uh, get everything you need. Great. And we'll learn a lot more about all that stuff, what we need, what we need to do to make kombucha that tastes this good. It's very good. Right after a short break, we'll be right back on the Sour Hour. Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months at the, to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines, so I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. 
You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. Kombucha Hour. Here with Dwayne and Shelby, who are kind enough to join us, and with many, many, many bottles of kombucha. Indeed. Got to start opening one every like two I minutes. I know to there's be so paced. many <laughs> bottles. Of this. I haven't even. Once again, we overdid had it. Had any caffeine yet? Wait till that comes out. I get jacked up. Yeah, just yeah. wait. <laughs> That's why we started with the decaf stuff. It's probably smart. Um, Want to thank another great sponsor of the show, Oregon Fruit Products. They have aseptic purees that are easy to use, convenient to store, no additives or nor artificial flavors. How about that? <laughs> Neither I don't know nor. if that's correct. Uh, nor. It's simply a great expression of the raw fruit. They love working with brewers, either in beer or kombucha, I would bet, to help us innovate. Check them out at fruitforbrewing.com. Oregon Fruit, they bring fruit to life. Okay. Uh, and then we've got another, just since we're going to set the all-time bottle opening record, we've got more uh, beer sent into us by some some just lovely people. We yeah. do. This is uh, another home brew from uh, Brian Rosenberg. Again, it barely counts as home brew because it tastes so damn good. Uh, the Feral Barrel Brewing Project is what Brian mm. calls his program. This is a golden sour too ale. close to the rare barrel. Switch that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking. Yeah, it's trademark <laughs> infringement. You'll be hearing from uh, John from Beer Law Center, Brian, so check your <laughs> inbox. Uh, no, Brian was kind enough to send in a whole bunch of beers, and this is one of them. Uh, it just says a golden sour ale here on the label. Um, it says 2.1. That's like the main thing on label two point. I'm not really sure what mm-hmm. that means. Maybe the beer name. Maybe yeah. Okay, fine. This beer is called Two Point One. It's a Golden Sour Ale. Thank you, Brian, for sending in all these awesome beers, man. This this it tastes great. Thank Yummy. you, man. Very much. The bar uh, is high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And we need. I think we need more glassware. Sure. I know. Yeah, we definitely do, man. Dwayne and Shelby, you guys both. I'm counting. We're like start, six, start nine, going 12, straight from the bottles. Fifteen bottles. Yeah, puff, puff, pass. Just start sending them around the table. Don't know what you're talking about. Um, so I think we had a nice uh, overview there of the brewing process, fermentation, packaging. But I've got a lot of little ways to break that down and things I want to ask about. And even just listening to you guys so far, and then talking a little bit in the break, I've. I've almost doubled my questions and like my margins that I'm writing down, so it's, right, it's fun to geek out on. with you guys. Um, but as you brought up, uh, some of these initial kombuchas that were... Actually, you know what? Just before I get too ahead of myself, tell me... This is really what I want to know about. Tell me about Booty Booch, because oh. that's you guys <laughs> that's on... Story. That's your like social media handle, at Booty Booch, B-O-O. C H yes, and all the labels. If you guys too. want to check check this out, and you're not able to to taste this like we are, so go check it out. But what what is that? Well, it kind of goes way back when Dwayne and I first met. We're living, he, living in Denver. Yeah, this is in Denver. When we first met, we were going on our first date, and I noticed on the back of his truck he had a sticker of an upside down heart, <laughs> and. <laughs> I was like, nice. what? Does that stand for something? Like, what does that mean? And he goes, it's just because I really like butts. 
first, <laughs> on your first you date. Gotta, yeah. You got to put it out. Yeah. There. So it's and here it we are. It was kind of a silly, you know. I was going into my late thirties. You don't have to you just growing it. up. Thank no, you. I, yeah. I want to. No, no, I want to hear my justification. <laughs> Go that, on. That's. Uh, I was just. Uh, well, it, it came from a sticker. I ski Loveland, and it, instead of love, it had the heart. Mm. And I cut it from that, and I, I wanted to put it somewhere, so I put it on my old truck. And Shelby happened to eyeball it. And she asked me. Very first date. It was that moment where you knew she was an observant girl, yes. and you knew he was kind of a douche. Yeah. A exactly. little. <laughs> exactly. But in a good way. It worked out. <laughs> that's funny. So now that's your guys, like, uh, yeah. So it's stuck with us. Yeah, now. Shelby thought, I, I don't know. We were brainstorming one night. It was fun. We were just we're, sitting in the kitchen. Yeah. Puff, and puff, I was literally, yeah. literally just drawing, because that's what I do. I Just drawing on a piece of paper, writing different... You know, because we came up with the idea of booty booch because he constantly talks about my booty. But we just came up with the idea of booty booch and we were sitting in the kitchen and I was just drawing and it just snapped in my head that sticker on his truck. We're going to use an upside down heart. And it's It's kind of catchy. Yeah, it it was fun. I wish I had the cameras on to, to show the label because it, it is the cool upside down heart. But it, I, I'm sure people's can look them imaginations can go okay. Okay, wherever right. they're going to go. <laughs> Imagine a heart, okay? Stay with me. A now picture heart. it upside down. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's it. The, yeah, the listeners are doing just fine on that. <laughs> it's cool, though. It works perfectly. Cool. So back to more, uh, you know. Geeky topics, I guess. Uh, one thing that uh, I was kind of building towards just a second ago was you, know, you guys mentioned that you're serving us some uh, kombuchas made with decaffeinated tea. And so I guess I want to know about that, the caffeinated versus decaffeinated and what goes into all that. But I guess maybe even taking one step back, what's the kind of broad view of what, what tea can you use, what tea can you not use for kombucha? So you're supposed to use tea that doesn't have too many oils in it. So the oils will basically help the tea go bad. It'll spoil or act as like a sugar on top and uh, it'll mold. It, uh, Earl Grey has is one that you're not supposed to use. And I guess it has uh, jasmine or something in it. That, but it's bergamot. You, bergamot. Mm. And you can't you can you can use you can use whatever I've uh, we've done coffee batches before so what yeah we did a coffee boot, uh, kombucha and oh, uh, you I think just started us on another line yeah uh, we did we did and I know it was all to get away from coffee but we did a blend of coffee like light coffee and uh, black tea and that was it turned out we did maybe three or four batches of that and uh, I think the last one we did was really good the scoby does i mean in that case you just got to get rid of the scoby so yeah. we're constantly growing and, and getting rid of scobies all the mm-hmm. time but uh like i said uh earlier i might see if i can get away from scobies altogether uh, i mean i mm. don't know if you know you as long as you're pouring that that fortified but if it speeds up the process then i'll 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 keep growing them again but it, you know i'll do some experimenting with it i mean obviously there's something to it if over the years people are still using the scoby so is the oil, like, uh, you know, don't use too oily of tea or whatever. Is that because it, the oils mess with the scoby? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so the, off flavors, the off flavors form in, in fermentation. Right. Okay. Yeah. So basically we, you know, when we first started, we were just picking out any tea that we wanted. You know, ch- chai teas, Earl Grey teas, tons of different teas that we just, you know, we didn't really think it would create an issue later on. But we found that it would it would just... Our poor scoby would just 
it would die. Mm-hmm. So, and so, it led to batches that we had to throw out because mm-hmm. the flavor was just not there. It smelled, you know, it smelled rotten, and the fla- it just was bad. So we're sticking um, to the the green, green and black teas and white teas that you can that are healthy without too many oils and and just adding the flavors after the fermentation. And there's so this there is a strain. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the strain of tea that we did some research, but. The teas that we use are kind of the purest. So we use, you know, China black tea, oolong. We use... Dragon wheel. Dragon wheel. Or dragon well. Dragon well. Uh, wheel. White tea. Matcha turned out really good. We used mm. a matcha. Gunpowder green tea. Those are just a few that we use, yeah. but we always stick to those and they always turn out well. Yeah. Um, okay. And our, our scobies aren't suffering from those teas. So hmm. kind of the, the purer the tea without any flavors added, the better. It's so. not... Too unlike brewing. I mean, yeah. at a commercial brewery, you use some unusual ingredient, maybe on the hot side, but maybe in fermentation. And your yeast can kind of either struggle with that fermentation or just be forever tainted mm-hmm. with that ingredient. So you kind of do, you know, however long. So you guys were saying, you know, four or five turns on the SCOBY. Maybe, maybe on the fifth one, that's when you throw in the tea that is really oily and you know yeah. you're just going to have yeah. to throw yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. We, did that, we did that coffee one after yeah nice cool. well and just to, to finish Jason's email here he had sent we, I remember we said uh, that he had read that uh, a scoby used several continuous uh, for con- continuous brewed batches. You know, it, it produces too much uh, acidity. And he, he followed up by saying he basically read that fresh scobies produce the highest quality kombucha. That sounds like that's generally true. Yeah. Is it the fresher the better? It like seems it, like it. Yeah, but they also need to be mature enough because when we first started, our too, scoby yeah. was really small and it was the they were very vinegar flavored hmm. at the hmm. beginning. So, I think you know, there were other things going on there. We, too, yeah. I think when we first started, we let our SCOBY, you know, grow for maybe, I don't know, a month? Yeah. Maybe a month to let it mature a little bit? Yeah. And obviously, we were doing a couple batches at the beginning, and we just, I couldn't drink them. They were vinegar. Hmm. Um, so, yes, I think to an extent, the the newer the SCOBY, the better. However, it still does need to mature slightly. So maybe, you know, just, you know, if you brew a, a few batches and let it mature with those batches for, you know, a few months, then I, that's kind of where we found that we were on a, a good, solid point. You know, and, so. I'm gonna, and I'm going to keep going back to this, but using your last batch of kombucha, I mean, that's I think that's the key, uh, you know, because it is fortified with with good, healthy SCOBY babies, if you will, in there. And, and that that's really, I think, the key into in making good kombucha. Okay. And the SCOBYs, and, and the SCOBY does kind of, it takes on all the, some of those impurities in your tea. And, and, and so I, I think it's not a bad thing to, well, if you can keep a good, healthy SCOBY, then so be it. So be it. Yeah. Did you see what he did there? <laughs> so be it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, good luck, Jason. Thanks for the email. I think a key is, it sounds like tasting a lot, too. Because yeah, it seems, it seems like maybe there's it's it's pretty easy to taste the kombucha as it's uh, mm-hmm. fermenting. Right. Yep. Whereas beer is like it's kind of a no no mm-hmm. to be like sampling it all the time. But it sounds like you guys are tasting it every other day, mm-hmm. and that's you know perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like we talk about with sour beer mixed culture drift. Yeah, at some point, you know, you get a culture that's so strong it's just ripping, yeah. and maybe all you need to do is just take like. 10% of what you normally use and then kind of let it 
build up all over again, mm-hmm. basically. So I think it's just something to monitor. Totally. Cool. How are we doing on time, Scott? Uh, for we're, number one. We're good. Um, let's, uh, well, I guess we can probably tease it out because uh, there's another email. Tim, Tim Nelson writing in from Boise wants to know about using adjuncts in kombucha. I think that's something we can maybe I get into on the show. I definitely want to ask about that as well. Yeah. Yeah. So let's tease that out and take our show break. Yeah. You guys good, good to stick around yeah. and yeah. Oh, yeah, answer sure the good. million other questions that yeah, we have about this? Sure. some boots. Awesome. Some booty boots. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to Dwayne and Shelby for joining us. Thank this you has been guys. great. We've yeah, got a lot of work us. on our hands. We didn't even get to these ones in front oh, of us. Yeah. Yeah. so many. We're, yeah. Oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't have time to say what these are. Anyway, we're going to... No, no, go ahead. I'll start it over. Okay. Say what they are. What are these two in front of us? Um, so the, the, the red one you have here, that's another, our last decaf, but it is a fruit blend. So it's um, peppermint, it has hibiscus, oh, wow. rose hips, orange peel, and lemongrass, I believe. And then this other one is just the black tea? And then the other one, that's kind of our standard base. We call it the hooch. Um, and this is just a black tea. That's awesome. So um, much flavor for just the tea. Yeah. No kidding. Okay, but let's let's uh <laughs> maybe we can do the so peppermint, rose hip, hibiscus, lemongrass. lemongrass. Yep. Lemongrass and orange that's, peel. That's that adjuncts, and then we can maybe talk about that one. Perfect. Yep. After the show break. Indeed. Cool. Thank you guys again. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Scott. Thanks for being who you are. I am who I, I is. I appreciate you. <laughs> Didn't God say that? I am who I am? I think that's like the first command. God. God. <laughs> I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> thank you to all the sponsors. Thanks to you. Thank you to all the listeners, all you guys out there. Until next time, stay booty with you. <laughs> constantly talks about my booty.